Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Happy Monday. My name is Haley, and I'm the host of this podcast. If you're new here, I'm a first-year dental student at the University of Michigan School of Dentistry. I post this podcast every Monday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, and I do a mix of solo episodes sharing my own experiences in dental school and my own advice for pre-dental students, as well as episodes with guests, whether that be dental students, dental specialists, people that have input into finance when it comes to the business side of dentistry, or in this case, other dental students at different schools. So today, we're joined with Navia. She is a dental student at Indiana University School of Dentistry, and she's actually a dental student from Canada, so that's something a little bit unique. And another unique thing is her major in undergrad was related to interprofessional education. So that's another hot topic that we talk about in this episode, in addition to her actual experiences at IU's dental school. And typically, I always do a little intro just saying hi in real time for you all because the episodes with guests are usually recorded a few weeks to months in advance. So I want to give you a realistic update of what's actually happening in my life in dental school. So it's the very end of January going into the beginning of February. So we've had one exam so far. It was in the nervous system, and it was a lot tougher than I expected. I didn't do too great on it. I did pass it, and there was an extra credit worksheet that added points to our exam, which also was was helpful, but it was a lot more difficult than I expected because they gave a lot of second-order questions, which if you aren't familiar, first-order question would be simply like recalling a definition of something. But a second-order question would require you to apply knowledge that you have and figure out what is happening to this patient or something. So that was the entire exam rather than maybe half or a third of the exam, which made it a lot more difficult mentally and more mentally draining, but it also is a lot more time consuming to really have to think through questions like that. So I barely finished the exam and a lot of my classmates didn't finish the exam, which is really unfortunate, but that's how that first exam went. And I'm preparing for another exam this coming Tuesday, so the day after you're listening to this, and that is in our genetics class. We're one of the only dental schools that has a genetics class, but I will update you all more about the classes and how these exams are going next week's episode because next week's episode's topic is actually D1 winter term catch-up. So solo episode talking all about my D1 winter term so far, what I'm looking forward to, what's coming up, extracurriculars, maybe some things going on outside of school, and then especially lots of things going on in school with academics, but also with a lot of in-person activity with radiology lab and perio lab and normal sim lab and getting in assisting in clinic. We have a lot more stuff happening, so I'm excited to fill you all in on that, but I'm going to leave that for next week. That way we have plenty to talk about. And with all that said, I will let us jump into our conversation with Navia. I hope you all really enjoy this episode and have a lovely rest of your week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Navy Novosel, and I'm from Ontario, Canada. 
and I'm a D1 or first year dental student at Indiana University School of Dentistry in Indianapolis. Awesome. And I know one thing that we wanted to talk about today was the fact that you are originally from Canada and that's where you are right now, now that you're done with finals, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I just came back home uh, to Canada at the beginning of December. So I was really exciting because I haven't been here since mid-July when I moved to Indianapolis. And um, I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with the border restrictions going on right now with COVID, but it's a little tough. So um, crossing the border can be a little challenging and it can only be done in certain cases. So going home for the weekend or something to see family wasn't really possible. So it was a long haul, about five months, but um, yeah, I'm just really happy to be back home for sure for the holidays. Yeah, that's so great. I'm very happy for you. I'm sure that there's some people listening that are wondering what the application process was like for you applying to dental schools in the United States um, being international. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, I did apply to both Canadian and American dental schools, and the process was a little different between the two. For the American um, cycle, of course, you have to go through AdSAS to do your application. So I very much had to do the same thing. I had to create an account, do the whole application process just as an American applicant would. Um, the only thing I had to make sure of was that my prereqs were all in order and made sure that they were accepted at the American schools I was applying to. Um, another important consideration was the DATs. So there is a difference between American and Canadian DATs. So I had to make sure the schools that I was applying to in the US accepted the Canadian DATs because not all of them did. So for example, um, at the University of Michigan, which is where you attend, um, they used to accept the Canadian DATs, um, but the year that I was applying, which was last year, was the first year that they didn't. So I had to make sure that I couldn't apply there, or don't send an application there, otherwise it wouldn't be put through because they wouldn't accept that DAT. So I had to make sure that that was all in order as well. But other than that, um, it was pretty much the same process. I had to make sure I had a personal statement, letters of rec, all the sort. Um, the only thing is that I had to make sure I was very organized in the sense that everything sort of lined up. Um, but other than that, um, it was pretty similar. I had to go through the whole process just as um, anyone else would. Nice, nice. So for undergrad, did you apply also like an interview during your last year of undergrad or did you do a gap year? So I went straight from undergrad to the dental school. So okay. I didn't do a gap year. Um, that being said, again, being super meticulous and making sure everything was planned accordingly, I wrote my DATs in my third year. So again, in Canada, something that's a little different with the DATs specifically is they're only offered twice a year and that's it. So um, they're only offered once in November and once in February. So during my third year, I wrote it both in November and February. And then in my fourth year, I used my scores and applied during my senior year to dental school. Gotcha, gotcha. And do you have plans yet of where you want to end up after dental school? At least yeah, location-wise? So, okay. Yeah, it's a good question. I actually get asked that a lot, um, just given that I'm from Canada. But um, I've put some thought into it, and um, I definitely think I'm going to end up staying in the U.S. for a few years after um, I graduate school, um, just for the purposes of um, 
writing the American boards. So another difference actually are boards. So in Canada and in the US, they are different. And if I wanna do any sort of residency here in the United States, I do have to make sure I write the American boards. So I believe what I'm gonna do is I'll write the American boards with my classmates so we can sort of study together and be on the same page and then perhaps apply to a residency in the US and then practice here for a bit. And in terms of if I'll move back to Canada after that, that's still up in the air, not entirely sure, but that's sort of the plan for now. That's a good plan, you know, at least a few year projection that's bigger than a lot of people are thinking. So that's really good. Um, Another thing I was curious about, um, do you have any advice, I guess, for students that just got into dental school recently and are maybe picking their schools um, and they're considering moving like pretty far away from their families. How has that transition been for you? And do you have any advice for them? Yeah, that's a great question. So of course, um, proximity to family was definitely a consideration for me. Um, I am very close to my family, so I didn't want to move too, too far away. When I did um, find out I got into dental school in December, I received acceptances from NYU and Um, IU. And so obviously a big consideration for those would have been distance. And for me, where I'm from in Canada, um, New York was a flight away, whereas Indianapolis was only a car ride away. So for me, proximity, that was definitely a huge factor. Um, I also did um, go away to school for undergrad. So I did have some background being away from my family living out of the house for a bit. Um, Something that is um, obviously a super important consideration too is the friends you make that can always have the whole moving away from home situation be a lot easier Um, and making sure you stay connected with others around you is huge in making sure you're comfortable and not getting too homesick Um, so that was definitely consideration for me and of course calling whenever I felt you know homesick or down that always helped too because again with um, COVID you know FaceTime Zoom everything is so much more advanced now and easier to connect with your loved ones who may be far away. So a huge tip for me would be making sure you stay connected with those around you who are physically present, like your friends that you might make at the dental school that you choose or with friends and family at home over FaceTime, phone calls, things like that. That's really good. Yeah, I think technology has made the pandemic so much easier for people. Thankfully, that's like the one thing that we had going is like FaceTime and everything. Definitely. (laughs) So kind of on the same topic, I guess, how did you choose Indiana? What were some of the things that made you drawn to their program? Yeah, so truthfully, I didn't consider IU at first when I was compiling sort of my list of dental schools that I wanted to apply to. I didn't really have any friends or family there, no personal connection to the city or the school. So it's kind of a funny story. Actually, I was just kind of one day sitting at my desk, kind of working on my ad SAS application. And my dad kind of walks in and he's a huge sports fan. So he was kind of like, Hey, like, what about applying to IU? Like they're a big 10 school. Like you got to go there. Like, it's a really great place, like football and basketball and all that stuff. And I was like, Hmm, like, okay, like maybe I'll look into it. You know, maybe my dad's onto something here. So I checked out their website. Um, Another really good thing to do is to check out and see if any, like, dental students are really active on social media that go to certain schools that you want to attend. So um, such as yourself, you know, if someone's interested in Michigan or for me, in my case, um, there's a dental student, her name's Lauren and she, her Instagram handle is at the tooth, the tooth diary, excuse me. And um, she 
you know, really had an open perspective. She showed her experience at dental school um, at Indiana. And so I really kind of liked what I saw. And based on their website too, like they really had sort of a, you know, great mission statement and sense that they're very, um, you know, family, family oriented, everything's really close knit. They're really big on research there and volunteer opportunities, which I was also drawn to. Um, for instance, you know, in terms of research, not many people might know this, but at Indiana, we actually founded Crest Toothpaste, which is actually kind of interesting because it's such a big and significant um, aspect in public health today and how important fluoride is in our, um, you know, oral systems and things like that. So that was really interesting that I actually didn't know. And in terms of volunteer opportunities at IU, I was really drawn to the global and local aspect of it. So we do a lot of global outreach in, you know, Mexico, things like that. But we also do exchange programs in Newcastle, England, which is really cool. So for a semester, a group of our students at IU exchange with a group of students at a university or a dental, dental school in Newcastle. So that's a really cool opportunity. We also have lots of student outreach clinics at IU. And we also do something really interesting that caught piqued my interest which is dental day at the capitol so we have a group of dental students that go to the capitol right in indianapolis and sort of talk about dental public health policies and things like that so that drew me to iu as well um another thing is we're a very old dental school so we were founded in 1879 so the tradition and the expertise was also something that drew me to iu and of course as well if you are interested in specializing. We do have a lot of um, specialty departments that you can sort of get into and involved in, shadow in in your first few years. And uh, yeah, um, in terms of the city itself, Indianapolis is not too big of a city, but big enough that you kind of get that city feel. I know for me in particular, I kind of had the college town vibes already in undergrad. So I kind of wanted to branch out and see what it was like to kind of live in a city. And again, it's not too big, so it's not too overwhelming. And yeah, so those are some of the reasons why I chose IU, but it definitely clicked for me when I attended the interview. So all of that was really um, you know, great and impressive to me on paper, but when I finally went to the interview is when I really fell in love with the school. So I really found that at the interview, the students were so kind, so motivated, and really passionate about attending the school, which was something that really struck a chord with me personally, because um, it's always good to know that the students who go to that school really want to be there. And shockingly, I did find that this always wasn't the case at some of the other schools that I interviewed at. The faculty were also really invested in getting to know all the interviewees that day, so that also was very important to me. Um, another interesting fact that I was pretty surprised by when I was interviewing at IU was we actually have our first female dean ever at the school who's now currently in her position, which is really interesting. And she actually happens to be Canadian like myself. So I thought that was really cool. And uh, yeah, we also have a brand new uh, patient clinic, which was something that also um, really was important to me. And yeah, perfect location right downtown. And I also enjoyed the company of the other applicants there that day, which is a great sign because you know, if you're jiving with other people who are there with you, you'll most likely make great connections and friends with the current class when you're actually there, which was the case for me. So, yeah. That's so great. Yeah, I don't know much about Indiana. I didn't really look into applying there, but the little bit that I've heard is exactly what you said, that it's like a very, very family environment. And I feel like that's really impressive if that's like, 
the word going around about a school that must like speak really highly of it. So that's really great. And I also was wondering, because I had some friends that went from the state of Michigan to Indiana for undergrad and their undergrad campus is in like Bloomington or something, but is the dental school downtown Indianapolis? Yeah. So this okay. is actually a really confusing aspect, but we technically and officially are called Indiana University School of Dentistry, but we're positioned on, this is a mouthful, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, or IUPUI's campus. So okay. we are in Indianapolis, but we're termed Indiana University School of Dentistry, which most people think of always oh, in Bloomington, but we just sit on a different campus. It's a little confusing, but that's, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I, so you do you live in downtown Indianapolis then with like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I do, which is nice because everything is so close. It's actually not that big of a city. You can get pretty much from end to end in like a few minutes drive. So it's not too, too big, but right in the city. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. I kind of just assumed it was at the same location as the undergrad, but that's awesome. And mm-hmm. then a last thing you mentioned that I wanted to follow up about was you mentioned that they have all the special, a lot of the specialty programs. And you mentioned earlier that you're thinking of doing a residency. Are you thinking a general dentistry residency or are you looking into specialty programs? So for now, um, I'm thinking about doing a general practice residency or a GPR. Um, so for those who don't know, Um, I know you might have talked about it a bit in your own podcast or YouTube videos, but if you want to do a residency in general practice, you can do an AEGD or a GPR. So for me personally, I'm leaning a little more towards the GPR just because it is more hospital based. And that's something that does interest me a lot because I do want to get my hands on things like dental anesthesiology, things like that shadow on different Um, medically complex dental cases. So I think that'll be really beneficial in terms of doing general practice because I get that sort of medical aspect that I might not have gotten while just doing my four years in dental school. So doing a GPR is definitely something I'd be interested in. Where, I'm not too sure yet, maybe somewhere, again, close to home, like in Michigan or maybe in Indiana, who knows, but that's sort of the plan for now. That's cool. And I like that we kind of all have our own takes on it because I am more interested in an AEGD program rather than a GPR because like I'm not all that interested in like the hospital medicine surgery aspect. So it's cool to know that there's two options out there. If you're interested in general, you have a few different ways you can go. And a lot of the programs from some dentists that I talked to, like there's the GPR and the AEGD students together anyways for a lot of it and then like they go off and do their own little things but like they're like a lot of times we were intermixing and like doing the same things anyways so that's another thing to keep in mind if people listening are considering residencies when you look into them um, see if you're intermixed with a the other program anyways because that could be a cool experience too I know that that's one of the things on my list over our break is to look into the residencies and just kind of see what it takes for us to apply to them and like when we need to be gathering things it's like dental school applications all over again (laughs) I know (laughs) like yay round two but that's cool I actually didn't realize that the AEGD and GPR students can be together in some programs so that's really interesting yeah um finally you already mentioned all the things that you really enjoy about IU but I just wanted to generally ask you how your semester went any highs and lows that you can reflect on um challenges or anything 
Yeah. So overall, um, I was really happy with how the semester went. Um, I did perform very well in my courses, arguably perhaps even better than in undergrad. So that kind of gave me the confidence that my undergrad program really prepared me well for the rigors of dental school. And um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning, I did go to undergrad in Canada. I did, I went to Western University. So I was really happy with kind of how my program was laid out there because I felt it really did prepare me for dental school. Um, it also helps too that in dental school, we're finally learning about things that we're truly interested in. So studying certainly was more enjoyable and probably had a lot to do with, you know, your focus and energy towards performing well in dental school. At least that was the case for me. So grade wise, academic wise, I was really happy with how the semester went. Um, and, you know, social wise, I was also really happy with the friends that I met in dental school that definitely helped make um, the transition to moving to the US a lot easier and the five months away from home a lot easier as well. I love my friends and they definitely make going through dental school so, so much more easier. Um, some of my favorite things about the semester that just went by is one of our courses actually called um, Intro to Operative. So this is one of our classes that talks about, you know, filling, drilling, that sort of thing, how to prepare your class one through, you know, five preps and things like that. So it was also a lab course, which was a lot of fun. We got to go into the school a few days a week, of course, with COVID, a little more limited than what we would normally be experiencing. But I did really enjoy finally, you know, holding the dental instruments, using the hand pieces, that kind of made it all feel a lot more real, especially with COVID doing online classes. It's really hard to sort of get in the mindset that we're dental students and that we can actually do these things that they're teaching us to do. So finally being able to be in the school, in the pre-clinic and actually drilling on fake teeth made it so much more real. And it was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed um, pre-clinic and being with friends in person and sort of navigating through, you know, how to start practicing dentistry. So I really enjoyed that. That was probably my favorite part of the semester. Um, in terms of challenges, definitely communicating with professors, I think is a little harder with COVID, you know, setting up Zoom meetings or, you know, talking through email can be a little difficult because office hours weren't really a thing just because we couldn't be in the school as often. So if you did need help, it was a little difficult reaching out to professors. But again, having you know your good group of friends, a good group of classmates that you study with can definitely help make that a little easier, especially right now during COVID. But, um, and of course, you know, moving away from home and being away from home for so long was also a challenge. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad to hear that you had such a good experience with the SimLab stuff. That was one of my favorites too. It was challenging, but it was so cool to like finally be practicing actual dentistry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it did not come easy at first, but of yeah. course, <laughs> finally being there and doing it. I have a few more questions about the way they structure your program, just so people listening could maybe compare and stuff. So I know some dental schools, they have SimLab, but they don't have practicals for like the whole first semester they just like practice and get feedback and then they're not really graded until down the line is your structured like that or did you practice have a practical practice something else have a practical so we didn't really have too many practicals okay and you're right I know some schools have none at all and other schools have a lot in their semester so for us um some of the practicals we only have practicals in some classes so in the summer, 
or early fall semester, we had a course called tooth morphology. And that was of course our waxing course where we had to like wax up all of our teeth. In that course, we did have a practical. Uh, one of them was take home though. So I believe it was um, tooth number eight. That was the take home that we had to wax on our own. And the school gave us um, our own portable electric waxers, which was really cool. So we got to sort of do it in the comfort of our own home. But in that class, we also had an in-person practical where we had to wax up, I believe it was 30, number 30. So that was done in our sim clinic during a timed session. But in terms of our intro to operative course, which was our you know drilling course where we had to do all the preps, that was not, we did not have a practical in that course yet. But next semester, we have a continuation of that course. And we're told that we're supposed to have a practical then where it'll be timed and it has to be done within a certain period. But for now, we didn't really have many practicals. So it's been pretty low stress because I know practicals can be pretty daunting, but yeah. Yeah. That's great that they give you time to just like practice and learn and make mistakes and get feedback and everything. That's really good. For um, um, you guys at Michigan, did you guys have practicals during your fall semester? Yeah. So our wax ups, we only did two and they didn't really teach us much. It was kind of a big waste because everything mm-hmm. was at home and like they gave us like a video where you could barely see what they were doing and then like some pictures of like step-by-step so it was not helpful but we did eight and 14 or something we did a incisor and a premolar and they were at home like you but they didn't give us that like little machine thing we just had like a liquid melted wax and they're like go ahead like we just had like a candle wax melter so like Yeah, I think that they didn't know that those machines existed because it sounds like every other dental school had those to wax at home, but except for us. So that was a little annoying, but I just take it as like a wash. Like I didn't really get anything out of it, but I did it, whatever. So we had two of those and they were just like at home practicals. And then we had SimLab, we would do practicals. We did one on class ones and we did one on um, class threes. And then we were supposed to do a caries removal practical, which we started the practice, but they had to shut us down a week early because of some COVID cases. And then we just had Thanksgiving and haven't gone back. So that was going to be our third practical for the semester. I think usually there's four or five, but they basically like give us a week or two to practice depending on how hard something is. And then we have a practical, then we practice a new type of thing. So I liked the structure. I didn't think like it was too forced, like you didn't have enough time. And they let us go in um, after hours as um, two hours, two days a week, three hours at a time if you wanted. So you could get six extra hours of practice a week. So I thought that was plenty to like be ready for practicals and stuff. Yeah, I actually really like how you guys did that with the extra lab hours. Mm-hmm. That was something we did not have at our school. So yeah. in our um, fall semester, we actually only had in lab time two days a week and it was Monday Tuesday and it was only for a half day typically so about four hours just because they wanted to make sure there weren't too many of us in the school at a time so again it would have definitely been helpful if we had extra lab hours for sure but you know it is what it is and hopefully it'll just get better with time as COVID you know hopefully Mm -hmm. goes away. (laughs) It sounds like we were in there for about the same amount of time though because we had two sessions for three hours each were like our required class time so that was six hours and then we could do six extra hours so we had like 12 maximum 
So we didn't have that much more than you anyways. Like you couldn't do any more than that. So yeah, I don't think it was too different. Just with, again, like the limitations, usually it's open like all the time if there's no class. It's a little different. Students too, like, yeah, we used to be able to go in at night after classes and just practice all night and shut the place down and basically, and just, you know, wax all night or drill all night. So you know, hopefully we get to that point someday, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we will more time to focus on our book work. So fun. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> um, a couple more questions about your first year. So is IU year round? Like we do a, like a fall term, a winter term, a summer term, and then another fall, whatever. Like it's, we get like a couple weeks in between each, but we don't have like a long summer break or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're organized the same way. The three semesters typically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. And do you know about how many classes or credits you guys had this term? So in terms of credits, I'm not a hundred percent sure off the top of my head, but in terms of classes, we had about 13, including our elective classes. So I'm not sure how it works at Michigan, but at IU, we'd have to take these elective courses each year. So they're up to us which ones we want to do, and they vary depending on which year you're in. So for D1s, we had the choice to do um, basic dental Spanish. There was um, an outreach clinic one. There was... um, what else? But things like that. The one I ended up choosing was an interprofessional care module. So that was right up my alley because that's something I'm really passionate about, actually. So interprofessional education, interprofessional practice, interprofessional care, that's all kind of synonyms for one another. But it's essentially when different healthcare providers work together to perform or treat a certain patient who tends to be medically compromised or may need the help of all those different um, healthcare specialties. So that was something I was really interested in. I enjoyed doing as my elective. But in terms of that, um, we had 12 other core classes that everyone else had to take. And they were your basic things like, you know, intro to operative, tooth morphology, molecular cell biology. Um, We had a histology class, things like that. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's about, we had, I think, 12 or 13 too. So probably about the same. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, So you were mentioning the interprofessional healthcare. I know that that's something you did like a research project on and everything. So if you want to talk at all about why you think that's important, how it can apply to public health and into dentistry. Yeah, for sure. So this is something I really excited talking about. And I like it because it's a very niche subject that I think not a lot of people know a lot about, but I believe it's so, so important. So in undergrad, um, in my program, we kind of started off, this is kind of where my passion for interprofessional care sort of started. So in my program, in my first two years, we started off doing really general science classes that you would take in your first or second year. And I sort of realized as I was taking those courses that I really wasn't appreciating the content, like studying organic chemistry and things like that. It was just too small and minute for me to really appreciate. And I was kind of looking for like the bigger picture of science and healthcare. And so this is when I stumbled across a major called One Health. And this again is also a pretty niche topic, but One Health is essentially the study of how humans, animals, and the environment are interconnected and how we should be using those that knowledge and connecting with other professionals in different fields and involving ourselves in what's called transdisciplinary communication to sort of treat and address larger healthcare issues. So 
COVID-19 and the pandemic is actually a great example of how One Health can be used. So for example, it was supposed that it started with an animal reservoir perhaps in China and using One Health, we would ask how did that animal come in contact with a human and how did the environment that the animal was living in help the virus grow. And so we would use that sort of connected knowledge to really understand how diseases spread. And this is the same for things like Ebola or other types of viruses or bacterial diseases that really have an effect on human populations. So I really stumbled into this major sort of enjoying how it did look at medicine through a larger lens rather than such a small lens like by looking at cells or things like that. So I really did enjoy that. And through One Health, I stumbled into interprofessional healthcare through research. So through my program, I met a professor who was in the public health faculty and we started a research project together. And from there, it sort of grew. And just this past year, we ended up publishing a research paper and I was really excited about it just because it did finally sort of address what I've really been like passionate about throughout undergrad. And it did talk a lot about interprofessional care, but the interesting part is that I managed to incorporate dentistry into it as well. So my research was essentially exploring the inclusion of dental providers on interprofessional healthcare teams treating patients with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So it's a little bit of a mouthful, but all it really means is we want to see how and to what effect is it if we bring dental providers onto teams that are treating medically complex patients like those with COPD and what how their expertise can really help us understand the disease and treat those patients better. So in the end, we ended up proving our hypothesis and essentially saying, yes, it's very important that we include dentists on these teams because they actually have a lot of knowledge about COPD. Because as we know, the oral cavity and our lungs are connected directly if you know your anatomy. And so viruses and bacteria can actually be transferred between the two systems quite easily. So someone who does have COPD actually tends to have a higher rate of periodontitis. So of course, having a dentist involved would be very beneficial in treating this patient. So that was a really exciting project and we just got published actually last month. So that was quite a success. I was super excited. And I was also excited to learn that at Indiana, they actually have a specific center dedicated to interprofessional care. So I was really excited to join that as well. And it was also another reason why I wanted to attend IU. And so I've been involved in that as well in something specifically called the Comprehensive Pain Assessment Clinic. So on that clinic, I'm a dental learner is what they call me. So I don't have enough knowledge yet to provide expertise for patients dealing with chronic pain, but I do listen and sort of am like a sponge and absorb everything that's going on in this clinic. And it's quite interesting because it essentially is what my research was just in action and in real life. So it was really cool to see how patients with chronic pain are being treated by a vast array of different specialties. So dentists, doctors, social workers, pharmacists, et cetera. So I really enjoyed seeing that sort of in action, but long story short, I love interprofessional care. I think it's so important, especially for dentists and dental students to really learn about, especially with chronic patients, because we know that with the growing um, elderly population, we know a lot of them tend to have certain chronic diseases and those people might end up in our dental chair someday. So being able to be comfortable as a dentist, reaching out to doctors, pharmacists, and other people that can help treat your patient is so, so beneficial.
Yeah, that's awesome. I I could just tell how passionate you were about it listening to you. So that's so fun. And I know at Michigan, same that they really encourage us to get involved beyond the classroom with interprofessional education, but we also take about like a class per semester related to like IPE stuff. So it's good that they're recognizing that that's more important than they originally thought, especially with dentists. So it's good that we're getting more involved and not just like come see your dentist and then like your doctors is everything else. Like it should be all together. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, we do the same at IU. We have these little IPE or interprofessional education sessions per semester. I'm not sure if every dental school does that, to be honest, but they definitely should. It's super important for sure. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. So we pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about, but do you have any final thoughts you want to give to any pre-dents or dental students listening? Yeah, so... I know um, the application um, acceptance day just recently passed at the time of this recording. And honestly, if those got accepted right away, congratulations. And if not, don't worry. I know I didn't get all of my acceptances right away. Definitely took some time and that's totally normal. I would say just keep your head up. Just know in yourself that you were ready for dental school. You put it all out there on the application. You were nothing but yourself. And that's the best thing you could possibly do. And to just sort of continue on. And if you haven't applied yet to dental school, and if you're, you know, still waiting to apply perhaps in a few years next year, just making sure that you stay as organized as possible, as informed as possible, listening to podcasts like this, or staying involved on certain, you know, YouTube channels, things like that, just learning constantly to help you best prepare for the application is something that I would highly recommend just always staying informed and learning as much as you can just so you're always ready whenever the time comes to apply to dental school and of course have fun in the process I know getting into dental school is something that a lot of people look forward to might be sort of daunting but in undergrad you know it's a lot of fun those four years just make sure you're always enjoying it and no don't let it get to you I know it can be stressful applying to dental school but it's a process and everything ends up working out in the end usually That's great. Thank you so much for being on here today. What's the best way if people want to ask you any more questions, whether it's about your research or about IU, for them to get in touch with you? For sure. So I think the best place would be to reach me at my Instagram. So that's just at navia.novo. And that would be the best place. Yeah, I'm open to questions, of course. I would be happy to help. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, that's the end of this episode. I hope you all really enjoyed it and make sure you check out Navia's Instagram if you do have any more questions for her about IU or about research or about being an international student applying to dental school. She's so happy to help with all of those questions. And again, if you do have any more general questions about dentistry or pre-dental topics, make sure you join the Dental Download Podcast Facebook group. It's a great place to ask a question and then I have a bunch of different dental students and maybe pre-dental students that are in different phases than you that can offer insight as well as myself being in there of course or if you have a more personal question you're always welcome to dm me on instagram the instagram is just at dental download podcast and i think that's everything for this week like i said next week we're going to be talking about my d1 winter term so far what's coming up what's already happened so it's just going to be a big catch-up episode. i'm excited to have that little solo time to really sit and chat with you all so i hope you all have a lovely lovely rest of your week and i look forward to talking to you then